You're listening to Gather, a podcast by Fort Worth Locals about the people and businesses that make up our city. We're your host, Javier. And I'm Matthew. Today, we will be speaking with Lauren Childs, owner of Fort Worth's Art, an art gallery in Fort Worth that showcases local, national, and international artists. Lauren attended Northwestern, but soon realized that all she could focus on was art and decided to move back to Fort Worth. Needing a job quickly, she started working at a friend's salon then decided to go back to school and enrolled at UT Arlington. It is there where she met Benito Huerta. The first class I had, I met Benito Huerta, and he was amazing. He was uh, very into business practices of art, which I found very fascinating because nobody ever talked about the business practices of the art world. Um, so I learned a lot in his, in his classes. He was an excellent painter, and so he was very inspiring to me as a painter. And then he happened to need an artist assistant, and so I actually was able to be his artist assistant for about three years. And during that time, I saw um, a lot in Fort Worth that I didn't realize existed. I, he was working with William Campbell, contemporary, and so I got to go into the gallery world and see how that kind of worked. We, they were using slides back then, so I cataloged all his slides <laughs> yeah. and labeled everything and sent out packages to galleries. And um, probably the most exciting was the Fort Worth Public Art Program. So he was a part of that. And these were, and he did a lot of uh, submissions for different art projects. And at the time, he was doing one at the DFW airport. And so I got to help, you know, with, with that whole kind of proposal and project and see that whole thing through with him. And, you know, these were six-figure projects. And so I just was very impressed with what was happening then in Fort Worth in the art world. Um, and so at that point, I opened up a collective, and Benito thought that was really cool. And so I was, <laughs> I was really proud of myself at that moment. Yeah, your your mentor is proud of what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. He, he came to our first show, and um, I remember I was so nervous. I was probably 21 years old. And here he comes walking in, and he's an intimidating kind of guy when you're 21 year old. And um, he's still kind of an intimidating guy, <laughs> but in, a, in the best possible way. And so he walked in, and you could just see that, you know, he's not very effusive. So he's not going to tell you, like, oh, yes, this is amazing. Like, you guys hit a home run. But I could just see in his eyes, and he, he made a couple like really nice comments. And I, was, I remember just feeling very proud of what we had done. And uh, that was the pop-ups. And so that was a big art show with fashion and you know, music and all sorts of things. And that's kind of where it all started. So while you were working with Benito, you founded the group United Voice Collective? Yes. Um, what, what did that entail? So that was a collective. That was my first experience with with a collective. I was the vice president of the organization, and it was um, basically three or four artists that came together, and we were all in the same position of where do we show our art. Um, Galleries were not accepting our submissions at the time, and we all had a lot of art. We were making a lot of art. And so we decided to throw our own show. And so we got a lot of other artists involved, and we ended up forming this collective, and we decided to do these shows on gallery night because gallery night was very, very popular back then, as it is now. Um, There kind of was a gap in in that time, but at the time it was real popular and a lot of people came out. And so we would do these installations in Fort Worth um, and in Dallas on gallery nights. And then we did some more shows in Dallas and we did that for about three or four years and it was fantastic. And then it just kind of disbanded, you know, a bunch of creatives. So, and we were very young and naive. So it was a We all kind of went our separate ways a little bit at that point. Where did you go from there? So you you were learning under Benito. You started the collective. 
while you were still working as an assistant, but then both of those kind of ended around the same time? Um, no, the collective definitely ended probably about a year or two after my, my affiliation um, as the art assistant for Benito. But I would graduated from college and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And so I'd been a docent at the Modern. I was looking at positions there. I was looking at, you know, entry level positions at all three of the museums here. And then I was also doing faux finishing and specialty painting on the side. And that was doing really, really well. And so I decided to try to open a business. And I did. And within three years, I had traveled all over the United States to study with these European masters, which was quite amazing at the time. And I came back and I, before I knew it, I had seven employees and a building and workers comp and insurance. And um, it was a full, full, you know, grown business. So that was, that was my first experience as a real true business owner. And that business lasted about 10, 10 years. Yeah. Can you tell us, just because I think it's interesting and I'm assuming most people are not going to know, what is uh, faux painting and specialty finishing? Well, so faux finishing is kind of like a dirty word, I think, a little bit, because you imagine like really ugly walls and ugly wallpaper. But special, high-end specialty finishing can in- involve things like faux bois, which is painting wood to look exactly like real wood. So um, mar- doing marble work that's so realistic that you, that you can't tell the difference. Trompe l'oeil, which we see in like Hilary Dahoney's work here in Fort Worth. Um, a lot of them were extremely into that technique, grisaille, and a lot of just realism. And so I really learned, you know, when, when, when I went to college, I learned theory, I learned technique, I learned business, but I didn't necessarily learn how to make something look real. And so the European uh, instructors that I have really taught me how to do that. And I started learning the grid system and kind of some of the old traditional techniques for uh, establishing a realism work. How did you find these people to learn under? Well, at the time, again, I was like, okay, what's the, I'm going to do faux finish, so what's the best school to learn? Um, I was working in this mansion out in Dallas, and I was on a very big project, and I didn't really know what I was doing. And so I was like, <laughs> you know, you ha- if you're going to play this game, you can only fake it so long. So you need to go get some training. And so I found a program in Vero Beach, Florida, which at the time was very, very reputable. It still is, and it was with a company called Faux Effects. And I went there to train, and I left with, like, 20 sample boards that were just incredible. I was there for, like, a two-week period. And I got to study under the founder, Ray Sander, who's actually become another mentor and and friend of mine over the years. He he invents all these products that – they're basically acrylic paints that work like oil paint. Um, So they're phenomenal. I still use them to this day. They're phenomenal paints. But I ended up becoming an instructor out there after some time as well, and so that was another way that that I – did things, but they had this this big event, you know, every year that everybody would get together from all around the world, and that's where you would meet these other artists. And then I got accepted into this thing called the Salon, and so the Salon is a group of about 120 artists internationally that are selected um, as the top specialty finishers, um, people who can really do the high end finishing. And so I was selected with my faux bois and my um, original gold leafing and and palladium leafing techniques and so we would go like one year we went to Aurora Illinois and I worked with you know all these people and you know these men were and women were 50 to 80 years old and had been working in oil for years and they could paint anything and so it was super inspiring and I learned just a ton about um, you know the craft of painting and the techniques of painting at that point too. 
Wait, so the, the salon was just a bunch of artists getting together and sharing what they knew with each other? Well, kind of. It was an application-based thing. So, you know, you applied to get into it, and it was kind of like the best of the best. And I was one of the youngest people at the time to be in it, and so it was a huge honor. It was like one of the first kind of big things of my career where I felt very proud. And um, But the men and women that were a part of the salon were, you know, like I said, just the, some of the best painters I've ever really known or worked with in my life, so... It was an amazing experience. So I did that for about three years, and then I started having babies. <laughs> um, so now's a good time to transition into what you're doing now uh, with Fort Works Art. Um, tell us about Fort Works Art and your mission with that gallery in Fort Worth. Um, well, so the founding of it is very different than where I'm at right now. Um, where we're at right now is we're a fully functioning gallery space and community space as well that offers residency programs and all sorts of programming. Um, we function on an, on an international level. We show international art. We show a lot of local art. We really support our, what we feel like is kind of the creme de la creme of the community. We also like to do shows for earlier artists who've never shown before, who've never had an experience in a gallery before as well. Um, and then we like to, you know, help artists with residencies and workspaces and things like that. The beginning of Four Works Art was a bit of a rough journey, if I'm remembering this right. Yeah, it was an interesting journey for sure. I like the better interesting journey. Yeah. T- take us, take us on that journey. Um, so I was, this was 2013, end of the 2012, I was pregnant with my second child and I fell down the stairs and I broke my foot. And then I, um, I couldn't do much work on scaffolding and ladders anymore. So I scaled my business back to about three, three workers and myself, and I still managed it, and we still did jobs here and there. And then um, after my foot healed, they had taken some bone from my tibia to repair my foot, and then my tibia snapped, and then I had a spiral fracture. And this was all within a very short period of time. So then I really wasn't walking. I couldn't drive. I couldn't really do anything. I had a three-month-old and a, a three-year-old. And so I shut the business down because there was no way I could do it. And I was horribly depressed. um, And I was on a lot of medication for pain. And I had had surgeries. And it was just a a really tough time. And all I could do was paint. And so I remember I had this two-story house. And my studio was on the second floor. And I would go up on my bottom um, into my studio and paint all day, every day. It was like the only thing I could do. I had somebody helping me with my baby. But at that point, the baby slept like most of the day. So there was not, not much to do other than feed them and put them to sleep, put them to sleep. And so, um, so I painted. And then I spoke with uh, my ex-husband at the, to- at the time, my husband, and we were speaking about, you know, what did I want to do? What were we going to do? And he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I would love to just paint for one year every day, you know, really commit to it. Say, I'm going to go into the studio every single day, eight, nine hours. I don't care if I'm in the mood. I don't care if I feel inspired. I'm not going to worry about any of that anymore. And I'm just going to go do the work. And at the end of a year, I will have made some decision as to what I want to do with that. And I believe that something will happen. And he was really down with that, which was super cool. And so that's what I did. And so I painted for a year and literally about two weeks before a year had come up, my uh, the other co-founder of Fort Works Art, J.W. Wilson, um, who was a lifelong friend of mine that I'd known since kindergarten at Trinity Valley. He was a football player, and um, surprisingly, he called and wanted to put on this art show. And he said, I'd seen your paintings on Facebook, and, you know, I, did, did you have any interest in doing an art show? I know all these other artists. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And so we 
looked and looked and looked for spaces to do this show. And one day he took me over to shipping and receiving and to the tilt room. And at the time the tilt room was filthy. It was packed full of stuff. And I believe, um, oh, who's the artist who paints the, who's done all the murals on the outside? I am embarrassed. I don't know his name. He's so, he's so great. He did all the murals on the outside. He had had some paintings hanging up in the space, but really it was trash floor to ceiling. And it was where all the residents just kept all their storage. And so JW had the funding. And so he gave us, he gave me the funding and between him and I, we cleaned the whole space out. And this was in March of 2000, January, February of 2014. And in March of 2014, we did our first gallery show. We incorporated Fort Works Art at the time and as an LLC, and we showed about 30 artists. And our first opening, I think we had, it was, it was over 1,000 people. I think it was almost 1,200 people show up. That's crazy. And we, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. And we sold a ton of art. And so I was like, what is going on? You know, this is not the Fort Worth I, I know. And so I, we just kept doing it. And um, with music and with fashion and kind of with the same pop-up model that I had had for my early 20s. And we only did gallery nights. And then we started the Betsy Price High School art competition with the mayor. And that was amazing. And so we do three shows a year, essentially. So in 2014 and 15, we did both gallery nights and the high school art competition. And we were able to get Andrea Carnes and Cedric Huckabee to be our jurors who... Was, that was a huge deal. And, um, and at the time, the first two years, the prize for that competition was the first place got $5,000, and they got their work to hang in the mayor's office for a year. Um, second was 3000 and first was 1000 So it was a really, really big competition for high school students. Since then, we've scaled it back to, for the cash prizes to 500 300 and 100 because one of them was a ninth grader, and it just seemed like just... I was like, I, you know, that's a lot of money for a grown, yeah, grown person yeah. to get, uh, for a, com a competition. And so, um, but the, the vibe and the energy of it hasn't changed. So we've done that now four years. But in 2000, end of Christmas 2015, I went to Art Basel in Miami for the first time. My, my friend Leanne Williams dr drug me there kind of against my will. <laughs> I really had no desire to go. I was like, it's going to be, you know, pretentious and all this overpriced art and I'm not going to like it and I'm not going to like the people. And I had this very negative energy and idea about it. Um, and the only reason I agreed to go was because Swizz Beats had just started following my, me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and I had like 300 followers, and so I thought I was pretty cool. And he was throwing a show there called No Commission. And I had done shows at the pop-up with JW at Fort Works Art is No Commission. And so I was very into this whole concept of how do we not take the artist's money. And so I wanted to see what he was doing, and so I agreed to go. So we went to his show, and I was blown away. I mean, he just had his f finger on the pulse of what was going on. He gave a speech that was so moving um, that just I felt so emp empowered and impassioned with. When, when I left, I bought a piece of art, which was one of the first major pieces of art that I bought there, and it was thrilling. And then we went to Art Basel, to all the other places. And it wasn't a bunch of pretentious art. And it, it, there, there was some always, you know, but for the most part, there was a lot of amazing art, and I was blown away at the caliber of art and artists that existed, and I had no idea that this was the game. And I was like, this is the game. This is like, you know, when you go to the majors. And so I came home, and um, my mother-in-law had passed away not too terribly long before, and my husband and I were trying to um, acquire some property with a, a small inheritance that she had left us, and we, I, one day I just was driving down uh, Montgomery and I saw the building. Um, 
it had been on the market for a year or two, and I never noticed it before. And so I called the realtor that day. We looked at it. Um, JW came over and looked at it, and I spoke with my husband that night, and we put a contract on it the next day, and we bought the building. So, like, all within a month, the whole world kind of changed. And then we opened, that was January, and then we opened in, um, eight, we did some renovation to the building because it was an old cowboy publishing company. So everything was brown and brass and, you know, very traditional and kind of the opposite of us. Um, and so, yeah, and then we opened in 2016. And so ever since, it's just kind of been a whirlwind and a roller coaster. We've now participated with the gallery at um, Scope Miami Art Basel the last two years, which has been dream come true and kind of miraculous to me. Um, so it's been wonderful. As far as choosing art for your, for footworks art, how do you go about that? How do you know who to who to display? Well, so when I first started, it was everybody and anybody that I knew that I thought was good. And that was, I knew about 60, 70 artists at the time. So the first show had 30, the second show had a different 30. Um, and then we started kind of getting, the, it was a lot to manage. So we started doing shows with like eight and four and, and kind of scaling back. Um, most of the artists that I represent, I have known for years here in Fort Worth and I've followed and I've just always been blown away with their talent. And so Marshall Harris, I have been familiar with since the Huntington Prize he won in 2012, which was the largest cash prize for an artist in the US at the time. It was a huge, huge win and I saw, I saw his work and could not believe he lived in Fort Worth. Um, and then Bobby on Drums was a collective at the time that consisted of Jeremy Joel, uh, Jay Wilkinson, and Brandon Peterson, and they were all three phenomenally talented. I had no idea, you know, that they were here. This was all around the same time. I met Rambo at the same time, Junebug, Riley Holloway, the list goes on and on. And what I found was there was this huge community of artists that I didn't know about. And so um, through all these, these artists that I saw in shows, they were all also curating shows. And so these really talented artists like Jay, they would th throw a show and they would have 30 artists in their show. And so then I would meet all these other new artists that I'd never been exposed to before. Um, and so that's kind of how I found him. Dan Lamb, we kind of got really lucky with. She was just starting out when we opened and we happened to have a great space that she needed a big open space to do a, her first solo. And we had a residency space in the back, so she made over 100 pieces back there um, to start. And then she introduced us to Ben Willis, who's out of Phoenix, who's an artist we represent. Um, that she, They went to master school, and I was just blown away with his work. And then you just kind of start meeting, like, you know, when we met Drigo and Will Heron and, you know, just the lists just go on and on. Amy Cardozo and Dee Lara and all these people that were um, living and working here. And it was just like, where did you all come from? <laughs> it, was, it was wonderful. Fort Worth is not known for its art scene. Um, how, do you, how is it that you can keep such a major gallery in the area running? Uh, I think that, that I've had a ton of support. I couldn't do it without the support of the community. Um, so we've had a lot of funding and support that way, and then we've also had a lot of emotional support. We've had a lot of physical support where artists come out and other people come out and help us do things. 
Um, so, so, so tons and tons of support. You know, we're in Fort Worth. There's a couple fantastic galleries that have existed here forever, primarily for me, William Campbell and Artspace 111. There's a lot of great smaller galleries, Gallery 414 and, you know, for other galleries along that line that are great that have been here forever. Um, and then there's lots of collectives. But what I found was there was a huge missing in the sense of we have these three major museums, the Kimball, the Eamon Carter, and the Modern Art Museum right down the street. And there was no major, major, major gallery within, you know, walking distance of those museums. And I was like, why not? You know, I've traveled all over the world. I've seen all sorts of museums. I feel like Fort Worth museums are some of the absolute best. And there's not many galleries here. And so it just seemed logical. When I was doing specialty painting, I was working in all these mansions in Fort Worth. And everybody owned artwork. And they were all spending money on artwork. So I realized our city's very cultural. They, they're willing to pay for art. But they were going to New York to get it, or William Campbell, or Art Space. But you know, once you'd reach your limit at those places, they, they'd go out of town. So um, I think the fact that there's not a ton of galleries yet has helped us to start. I would like to see more galleries, because I would like to see the city you know, like Dallas and other major cities that has several galleries, because I cannot, and neither can the others that are here, accommodate all the talent. Or even, even the variety. Or even well. the variety, yeah. yes, because we all have our own kind of style of what we lean towards, for sure. And I'm very excited. That brings me, you know, gallery um, winter, right? Right down the street, the new Pat Green Gallery. I'm really excited to see that one there, because their aesthetic is completely different than ours. And it's a welcome addition to have, you know, another gallery in the vicinity of the museums. So, uh, you recently launched or, or opened a nonprofit wing for Fort Works Art um, called uh, Gallery of Dreams. Uh, so this is my heartstring project. Um, the first pop-up show I ever did uh, was with my mother at the Botanical Gardens, and it had like twelve artists in it. And it was called Gallery of Dreams. And I was a kid, and I thought that was a really cool title. So it's a little bit of a, a cheesy title in a way, but it's also me very meaningful to me, and I think it makes sense. It's, it's a gallery, and it's about our dreams, right? So what does that mean for, for us? Um, well, we would like to continue to do the programming that we do for art shows, specifically the Betsy Price High School Art Competition, which is a completely nonprofit event. We did a show last year called First Come, First Serve, where we basically said no jury, no entry fee, whoever gets their work in first will be in this show. And we had 700 submissions, and we could fit about 114. And 80 of the artists had never been in a gallery. All their family and friends were in. Everybody was crying. It was awesome. And so that's a show we couldn't do without funding and without the nonprofit. So those are our two main shows we do. And then the residency program. So right now, Marshall Harris is starting our first major residency. We've had a lot of small residencies for you know anywhere from three to six months. He's going to be doing our first major residency for one year. And we've actually moved him out of our climate-controlled warehouse and into the gallery. So he's in our third gallery space. So you can really go interact with him. And um, so funding for that as well is... Um, a big part of our nonprofit kind of mission is to help artists have workspaces. Marshall makes these huge pieces, and he's worked on this tiny little table his whole life. <laughs> and this is just a game changer. I mean, this man, Marshall's, uh, you know, he's a big football player, ex-football player, and he's six, I think six, eight, his hand's like bigger than my face. And he's a, he's a teddy bear, even though he's very intimidating. And to hear him and to see him come in every day so excited, so tickled, telling me how he's never had this opportunity before. He feels like he's going to be able to create 
create more art than he would create in years mm -hmm. in the course of a year. That is exciting. And I think he's so good that that will allow him to go national and that will help Fort Worth, that will help everybody. And so that is the goal, is to get these artists noticed outside of our city because they are, so, they are just as good as all the artists that we bring in from New York. Uh, okay, so now I think we wanna move in a forward-looking direction. Where, um, how do you plan to continue building ForWorks art? You recently did Gallery of Your Dreams. Do you have any other ventures that you're also planning? No. Um, I just really want to focus on both the Gallery of Dream side and the Fort Works art side. They have very different missions. Um, and so it's essentially running two completely different companies, although they kind of exist together and they have different functions. And so it's a lot of work and I'm also a mother and <laughs> so that's a lot of work, but, um, and you also create your own work and I'm also an yeah. artist. Yes. So I paint a lot and it's a busy, it's a busy job, but I think as far as the future goes, um, Continuing to develop what we're doing is, is wonderful. Growing into, which, which basically means the programming that we're doing, going to Art Basel, things of, the, of those nature. Um, a dream, a long-term dream, would be to have a sister location, either in the east or west coast. I would love to, love to, love to do that. Right now in the gallery industry, what I think we're seeing is these mega galleries, and they're gobbling up small galleries. And so if a gallery can stay relatively small but somewhat franchise, um, the likelihood of them surviving long-term is better. And so that's a, that's a long-term goal. What do locals in Fort Worth, I mean, I guess anybody, but we're mostly speaking to Fort Worth, what do people need to know if they want to buy art, right? I think one of the biggest barriers is that people just don't know how to buy art. Regular folks, uh, not people who have money to hire somebody to go out and buy art for them. Right. So that's a lot of who we cater to. I, my term for those people is kind of new young collectors. So they may not know they're collectors yet, but we have a lot of art that's, you know, at a very low price point, which in an art gallery basically means things that are under $500 because everything typically is over 500 or a thousand dollars in a gallery. So a lot of our artists do smaller works. A lot of them have lower prices because they're newer and I believe all of them are going to do very well. And so, for, for example, we had Dan Lamb do a, her first show. I think we sold 70-something out of our 100 pieces at that show, most, uh, most to clients in Fort Worth, okay? So we shipped maybe 20 or 30 outside of Fort Worth, but a lot here. Well, she's done very well, and her prices have gone up. So I have a lot of clients come in now who feel like they're collectors because yeah. they bought a piece that they loved, it wasn't too expensive, and now it's worth a lot more money. And so they're like, oh, I want to do that again. And so that experience is great. I think the other way that we do it is we create an atmosphere that's inviting. So on my trips to New York, which I take three or four times a year, I go into galleries every time. And I don't care if I'm in cut off jean shorts and a tank top or in a business suit. Most of the time they don't even look at me and say hello. There's no music on, there's one person working there and it's very sterile. Um, you come into Fort Works Art, we're a big white walled gallery but we have music on, our staff is very welcoming, you know, 
you're always going to be greeted. We don't care who you are. We don't care if you buy artwork. We, we love for you to buy artwork. Um, it, helps the, it helps the artist. It helps the gallery and everything. But at the same time, because we do function somewhat as a mini museum, we've been called, um, it's an exhibition space. And we create exhibitions for people to come with their family and to come look at. And we encourage that just as much as we encourage sales. Uh, where do you see Fort Worth's art scene evolving over the next five or ten years? Well, if I have anything to say about it, um, we will be one of the top cities in the country in five or ten years for art. I think that, the, again, the support of our museums for all of the organizations that have developed here, you can't find that. I have not found that in another city. So I ask artists, why do you come to Fort Worth from New York? Why would you show here when you can show in Chelsea? And their answer to me is, well, I can show in Chelsea and the likelihood of my art getting in front of a museum director or curator is slim. But I come to Fort Worth's Art and, you know, they all come into your gallery space. And so the likelihood of us getting in front of the eyes of major museums is a, it's a definite possibility, it's a probability. And so everybody loves that and I love that. And it's very exciting. Um, one of our artists, Jesse Sierra Hernandez, who did a show this year, was selected to be one of the first, and Fabiola Valenzuela, were the two first living artists to ever hang in the Kimball Art Museum. And so um, that's something that the museums did. You know, they hung local living artists and it was a big deal. And so the museums are getting more and more developed. Their programming is, is unbelievable. I'm so proud of it. And so, um, Artists here have, a, I think, have a, a very good opportunity that they may not have in a big city, which sounds kind of weird, but with social media now, you can get your eye, you know, you can get people's eyes on you, and you can live in a more affordable area, and you can have a community of artists that surround and support you, and you can have museums that surround and support you, and that's all here in Fort Worth. If you want to stay up to date with Fort Works Art, follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Fort Works Art or online at fortworksart.com. <laughs>